We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. It's Gabe Ramirez. Three, that's a magic number. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. It's over. The Bulls win at the buzzer. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670. The score. I got a Capri. I'm kicking it. I'm doing my thing. This is what I do. I'm so excited to be talking to you guys. Now, what you really want to be paying attention to is that uh, coming up, Got some really good guests. Lawrence Holmes jumping on at 720 uh, to talk about some Chicago Bulls. We got J.J. Stankovitz, former NBC Sports Chicago employee. He now works for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Now we get a chance to pick his brain and see how much how much of the draft capital are they going to give up to the Bears so they can jump to the number one spot. That's going to be a great conversation on the show. Uh, but in the meantime, between time, we're going to go ahead and start this thing the way we always do. I call it the trifecta. These are the top three stories in my brain, but... Not in any particular order. The number of the day is three. Uh, The guy spent an hour talking about it. Kevin Warren, obviously, uh, making his way to the city of Chicago. Former Big Ten commissioner, now to be named the president of Chicago Bears football. Um, I mean, he's not going to start his job until April 17th. So I think it's really cool. The number one thing that stood out for me, I mean, obviously, everyone's been talking about this all day. But the coolest thing that I saw was that he was still going to help the Big Ten find the re- find his replacement. That says a lot about a guy. You've been there before. You want to quit a job, and what do you say? Peace out, like Smokey from Friday. But, you know, to, to, to do that, it says a lot, right? Because it means that he, he cares about his job, everything handling everything professionally. Uh, LeBron James tweeted about him, quote, major shout-out to my brother Kevin Warren. I'm being named the president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. Amazing, my guy. Best of luck. I tried to find out what that connection was. Couldn't really see it there. LeBron James, currently a Cleveland Browns fan, previously a Dallas Cowboys supporter, but then obviously all that stuff with Jerry Jones and the yeah, all that stuff. Anyway, so I wonder if he's going to end up like in the Chicago Bears. Don't try to don't try to get on my good side, LeBron. I already don't like you. Uh, but Kevin Warren quoted as saying, "I am honored." and recognize the responsibility bestowed upon me to lead the Chicago Bears during this exciting and pivotal time for the franchise. Yes, it is exciting. It is pivotal. I says, I look forward to building on the rich tradition that started with George Hallis and connecting with the unique and vibrant fan base in Chicago. I join the Chicago Bears with gratitude and drive uh, to carry out and build upon the legacy and spirit of this founding franchise and my predecessors. Uh, ta, 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 ta. Thanks everybody else about there, and of course the inevitable. Uh, I look forward to leading the Chicago Bears and delivering a championship uh, to Chicago. That's what you're supposed to say. 
You know what I mean? That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, but nonetheless, hey, man, brand new everything, right? Brand new coach, brand new GM, brand new president, number one pick, brand new quarterback. Like, when was the last time we were in this position? And we, I mean, as Bears fans, not necessarily the organization. So it's going to be cool to see. And I think we're all going to be kind of uh, interested to find out, like, what's your job? What do you What do? You do? <laughs> what is it that you're going to be doing? I want can't wait to get more of that. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see more of it again. He starts his job April 17th. Finally, we come to my number two man. His name, number two. So, the NFL has chosen a site, a neutral site for the AFC Championship game. Uh, for if the Bills or uh, play the Kansas City Chiefs, you got that music for me? Oh, oh! <laughs> Does this give it away? I tried to find like a song that was synonymous with the city itself. Because you know who you think of, or I hope you know who you think of when you hear this music, is Ludacris. Atlanta, that's the new one. The Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium is going to be the site. But the interesting thing about... Ooh, boy, this gives me hype. Hey. The interesting thing about the uh, the selection is that they decided this before the season started, and people don't know that. All right, we got to pick one of these. Let's go. Let's, let's, dump, the, let's dump the Ludacris music. Um, so... They, they actually decided to do that before the season started, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, they always have a plan of action in place in the event of an emergency, and one took place. And so while there was rumors of them moving it somewhere else, nah. Chiefs, Bills, in the event they play, uh, it will be in Atlanta. I think it sucks for the Chiefs because they played well all year. Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback on fantasy football. But I, I think it sucks for them, but I think uh, Pat Mahomes said it best. He said, hey, man. It's not going to be fair for everyone, right? Something's going to happen. He said, more importantly, is DeMar Hamlin. And I think that's what everyone can agree on. So I love the fact that everyone's ready to play. Uh, but who knows? It might not even get to that wild card uh, weekend is, is upon us. And that thing is always absolutely crazy. He was number one. Number one story. Again, these are in no particular order. But, of course, it is that the Chicago Bulls ended up losing last night to the Washington Wizards. Like, what was going on? 5.7 seconds left. Bulls down 197 near hash mark. Caruso to Zach Levine. Dribble drive. Comes up shooting foul on right. No. Pulled down by Avdia. And that's the ball game. And the Bulls lose. So, yeah, Bulls uh, lose. It was 100 to, 100, 100 to 97. And you just heard Chuck Swirsky. You heard Bill Wennington sigh. <laughs> he was like, ah, shock and awe. Why aren't you shooting a three-pointer if you're down three? Now, if you watch the game, there's one particular moment, and I can't wait to ask Lawrence Holmes about this. There was a, a moment right before the play where Zach Levine was shaking his head no. And I was watching that, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is he shaking his What could he? I said, Zach's not going to take this shot. I can't believe it. And then the play came, and then he shot a two-pointer, and then Im- immediately I thought to myself, did they tell him to get to the rack and try to get a quick bucket so they can foul again? They can play that game with five seconds left? I couldn't believe it. Zach came out, obviously said he thought he got fouled, and he was looking for the and one in that moment. But tough game. Bulls had some – I could spend a lot of time on this, and I, that's why I'm glad we're talking to Lawrence Holmes at 720 about this very game. I could spend a lot of time on Bulls had a, had a big lead. There's a lot of things that went wrong there in the second half. The continuity wasn't necessarily there. Zach was being a little bit too passive in the second half after dominating in the first and getting the Bulls that big lead. I don't know if he was trying to get the other players involved. And then the the Wizards themselves went on like two runs where they must have hit between eight to ten straight baskets. Not just one run, multiple runs. 
So, and it was good defense too. I just felt like they got hot. You saw them get cold, ice cold in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, the Bulls just just couldn't capitalize, man. That one broke my heart. That one broke my heart. That's one of those. Jason Goff, actually, I was watching the post game. He did a like the way he he captured the emotion of the fan where there should be anger towards the roster, and that where at the end of the season, you are going to be looking at that game in particular when you're trying to figure out what could you have done differently now that you're a game out of X position. That's going to be one. Jay, I see you, man. I, 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 felt, I felt that yesterday. I wasn't as mad, but I felt that way. All right, there goes your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670, the score. I am Gabe Ramirez. Hanging out. Oh, no, you can get rid of the music. It's all good. Got my producer here, Tyler Farringle. Did I say that right? Did I do that right? You can get on the mic, man. I don't mind when producers get on the mic. Go ahead. I'll give you You got it right. A lot of people mispronounce it, but you got it right. Farringle. You know what it was? Jeff Jonia hooked me up with the pronunciation, and I know he would mess that up. So I just followed his lead, wrote it down phonetically. So Tyler is actually... Uh, producing his very first show today. That is correct. So don't listen. Two things. One, I don't care. So that's that's the I'm the best guy to work with, right? Because I don't care. You could talk. You know, you got an opinion. I'll throw it to you. You know, if you mess up, I've produced many of shows. I know what that's like. It's all good, bro. Smooth sailing right now. How do you feel? Are you a little we nervous? Got this. Are you a little nervous right now? Are you a little nervous right now? You could say that. Okay. This is radio. You can't shake your head. Yes, you got to go ahead and tell me. <laughs> you got to go ahead and tell me. Yeah, I get it. I, I I mean, I'm trying to think back. If I, I just, oh, okay. One time I was producing a show and the person was live in Great America, right? And so I had produced shows on the board here at Odyssey, what was then CBS Radio. And so I, I, I ran the board a ton. What I had never done was a live broadcast. I had never done a live broadcast before. So the person was in Great America, but they asked me, they're like, hey, can you do a live broadcast? I always say yes. That's my first uh, little little tip for you, Tyler. Always say yes to everything. Can you do a live broadcast? Absolutely. Noted. And then you just and then you you, you pulled in and you ended up working it out because you figure it out. Mistakes happen and whatever. So uh, I'm glad you're on the team. Welcome. The show's gonna go smoothly. Uh, you did a great job on the trifecta. Now we get an opportunity to see these clips right here that you pulled for me. Fantastic job on this again. Uh, producer Tyler Farringle's first show uh, producing here on 670 The Score. All right, so going to change directions quickly and talk about these Chicago Bears because uh, specifically Jalen Johnson, he was on with Parkinson Spiegel earlier. And must it, it, it is appointment radio. I want to make that very clear. Your, your clock should be set. 5 o'clock, Thursdays. You know, it's usually on Mondays you get a Jalen Johnson. But, but, you know, today, you know, you get this opportunity for him to talk. First, I want to play this clip of Jalen Johnson talking about the trades because you didn't really hear much about its effects. You heard it, but not the severity of it during the season. And then when everyone was doing their exit interviews, you heard Ibrahim talking about it at length, Ryan Poles understanding uh, and learning from it, Justin Jones. So it was cool to hear Jalen Johnson talk about the trades of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. I mean, honestly, I didn't really talk too much about Rob. I mean, honestly, it just... It all makes sense to me. I mean, I didn't need to really talk to anybody about it. And how much as I didn't want it to happen, I feel like it was kind of obvious just in the fact that I feel like the Roquan situation, I feel like we all knew what that situation was heading into the season and them not coming to an agreement on whatever the contract details were. And then 
I feel like it was one of those things where it's like you can either trade him and try to get some picks for him or try to get something back for him, or he's gone at the end of the season. We don't get nothing back. So, I mean, that in itself makes sense. And then I feel like in terms of the Robert Quinn situation, I feel like it's somewhat the same thing again. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, do you, in a sense, let it walk or do you try to build for the future? So, I mean, I feel like everything that we're doing is more so building. So, I mean, I feel like both moves made sense. And I did. But clearly, I didn't. I mean, like it in terms of an X and O standpoint, because, I mean, those those guys are dogs that impacted the game. But I feel like from just an organization standpoint, I feel like it, they both, both of those decisions made sense. I love what he said right there. I mean, listen, Jalen Johnson is a brain, so it's not only really cool to hear him on our station because he gets to break down, you know, his perspective of the Bears game, but he also has a unique perspective right he understands both sides of it as he mentioned right there he's like yeah it makes sense to me Jalen Johnson's the guy who actually the guy like who reads the contract you know other guys have an agent and they do their Jalen Johnson actually like no no I want a copy I want to read it I, I, I would like to ask him that next time I get a chance to talk to him um he continued and it was interesting because obviously he has the ability to get a contract extension but they asked him if he if he felt like the organization itself was headed in the right direction I mean, I would say so, hell yeah, because, I mean, we don't have – there's not too much further down we can go, I mean, from this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like there's definitely some some optimism and definitely some things that can definitely kind of – for you to reflect on, like, mm, okay, like, I can believe in this. And I feel like there are certain organizations where it's like you just play bad and it's like, man, I don't know what direction, like, we're going to go in. Like, no, I feel like there's a clear direction that we're going in. I feel like just – even just this year, really just establishing who we wanted to be as a football team. And now I feel like – did a great job explaining right that right there, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson with Parkinson Speaker. We did a great job. I mean, because you can hear if somebody would have been like, eh, <laughs> or I don't know, something like that. I, 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 there's believability there, and I think we all agree that the organization is headed in the right direction. All the moves that they've made, even just looking at just the immediate ones, right? Coach Eberflus thought that was a great hire. Ryan Poles been handling things properly in his first year on the job. You look at, you know, Luke Getze with the offense. I just you just you just think like that in itself. The draft picks at at the higher rounds, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, you know, those guys were able to be impact players and starters, and that's what you want. So yeah, if the organization can just compound on that, then the expectations is that the organization is headed in the right direction. And of course, Kevin Warren's going to help in that as well. So uh, they asked Jalen Johnson on Parkinson Spiegel also about the idea or the notion that the Bears could potentially take a quarterback at the first overall pick. I ain't going to lie to you. I almost feel like that's a waste of a draft pick. If you, if you let me tell it. I don't know. This is like, for me, I, I don't know. I, I just believe in Justin. So I feel like, in a sense, like, I don't think there's another quarterback in this draft that is better than Justin, if you ask me. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if somebody else believes that there's a savior in this draft class at quarterback, then. I mean, hey, but I mean, for me, I'm I'm all marbles in, all chips in on Justin. I feel like it's not his abilities. I I think it's more so about what you put around him, the offense that you put, what you kind of create with him. I feel like that challenges people versus just, oh, taking it easy way. I'm trying to blame it on him and certain things like that. Now, I feel like even for him, talking to him, there's some things that he wants to be better at and do better and kind of some things that he felt like he didn't do so good at. But I feel like in terms of we're talking about pure talent, I think he – has all the intangible. I think it's up to the staff to bring the right people around him and then to also have the right scheme and to believe in him. I feel like even talks like that or whatever's going on in terms of, oh, bringing a I loved that. hearing that. That was, probably, that was probably my favorite one. One, because of the believability in Justin Fields. 
And I think the other one is, is where the where the answer takes me as a fan. You know where it takes me? Inside the mind of Jalen Johnson during practice. I think to myself, Jalen Johnson gets to practice against this offense every day or all the time, right? And so he can easily point to the best guy on the other side of the ball. Like, oh, that dude right there, he's a baller. And he's pointing to Justin Fields. And I'm sure as he's guarding these wide receivers, he's saying to himself, damn, <laughs> if he has somebody to throw it to, because these guys suck. I just, it made me laugh and made me chuckle. But Jalen Johnson, great stuff. If you missed it, uh, make sure you download the Odyssey app so you can uh, catch the podcast. Parkinson Spiegel, always up there. All right? I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 score. On the other side, I get I I I am asking someone to do a little overtime, but I'm not paying them. I want to make that very clear. Who am I talking about? Lawrence Holmes, of course. He gets the opportunity uh, to vent a little bit about these Chicago Bulls. What did he think about the game last night? And was he disappointed with the overall performance of the Chicago Bulls, despite not having Demar Derozan? We'll talk to Lawrence Holmes from Bernstein and Holmes right here on 670 to Score after the break. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We'll be back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Love the music selection. (laughs) Uh, Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is here to be what I think is a soundboard and my therapist for the Chicago Bulls team. Uh, one half of Bernstein and Holmes, and then on Wednesdays, one third of Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi. Of course, I'm talking about Lawrence Holmes. What's going on, brother? You picked a bad therapist. No, no, no. That this is you're the kind that I actually would pay for. You know, one that might yell back at me, one might be like, one that might tell tell me the truth when I'm in denial of a lot of things. All right, so what? So let me okay. help you. What so are, here's, what are your bulls problems? Yeah, well, here's. Here's what I like. I, I I struggled with this yesterday as I was watching watching the beginning of the game, and I I noticed I'm like, damn, I, I'm watching this. I feel like Zach feels a little more responsible for this team, and then I watch a little bit more, and I'm like, wow, Zach looks a little more engaged with the teammates right yep. now, who always talking to people, and then I'm like, hmm, and you know me, Lawrence, I'm in the brain, so I'm I'm like I'm trying to go two steps back, and I'm like, I don't want this to be what I think it is. But I've you already know, the, been the thing thinking. where he really likes it that Demar isn't there. Yes, yeah. and I know, and I've known this. I've been screaming it. I'm like, Zach wants to be the. You got to he, he needs to be that. You got to get him in order to be engaged. And so, but I just wanted to make sure that what I was seeing was exactly what I was seeing yesterday. 
I mean, it, look, you could extrapolate from the the code red that they put on the man earlier this year that he he might be smelling himself a little bit because he's got the the max contract. So he might be smelling himself and he might be looking and being like, yeah, the money says that I'm the man, mm. even though the game says that DeMar's the man, especially in late game situations. It, it's I'm annoyed by Zach. And it's partially because he's so talented. Right. Like he he is he is probably the most offensively talented player in a Bulls uniform since Derrick Rose. Easily. Well, I mean, you know, Jimmy would have an argument because Jimmy argues about everything. And I'd, we and, talk- and I'd argue back with him. <laughs> if, if we were talking two-way players, then, yeah, it right. would be Jimmy. But, but when you look at all of the physical gifts that he's got, I just have always felt like it. I mean, I know, I know that you'll know what I mean by this because I, I consider you a hooper. DeMar's a hooper. Right. Zach's a dude who can play ball. Mm. And and you saw it last night. You saw it in the decision that he made at the end of the game. Didn't matter that what was called was we're taking a three-point shot. The situation itself didn't matter. They were down by three points with 5.5 seconds left to go in the game. He was going to do what he was going to do, and none of it made any sense. With them having a, a foul to give in that situation, what's the best outcome? The The best outcome is that you get fouled and then have to inbound the ball again to shoot another three? It, it, this wasn't a, a team that was fouling you that was in the bonus. Right. And even, even if that's the, the best outcome, oh, so you're going to shoot two free throws, run time off the clock, and then have to go through the whole thing again? Like, it was just... It, it, I was um, offended by his lack of basketball IQ in that moment. It definitely hurt because as you were watching with everyone, you heard, heard Bill Wennington here on 670, the score, sigh. You heard, you know, you, just everyone that was watching, people at home, everyone's like, "What? wait, time out. I know how basketball works, and this is not, <laughs> this is not right. what you're supposed to do in this moment, right? That was I the- mean, St- Stacey King and Adam Amin were like trying to figure it out. Right, be like, nice with the words. What was he doing? Yeah, and then it, you're right. I mean, in that last play where Kuz had the ball, you know, the, above the top of the key, and Caruso had him, there was a moment there because Caruso was playing some good D on Kuz throughout the game. You you could t- kind of like take take your brain and go to like a Lakers practice and be like, oh, Caruso probably feels like he owns Kuz defensively. So then when right. when they were in that moment, there was that, that 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 clap of the hands by Caruso, like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, yeah, and then. Kuz couldn't get the play right, and so I think that's why they didn't foul because there was no movement until the like literally the last second because they couldn't figure out exactly who was going to set that screen for him. And then it was you know botched double team fade away. I mean it was a good shot, right? I mean you can't, but he missed a bunch leading up to that too. But the Bulls had that sixteen, you know, that big that big lead in the first half, and and I felt like in the second half, I don't know if uh, I felt like Zach was being too passive. And I felt like he he wanted to get other guys involved. Everybody else wanted to get the shot because they were up now and everybody wanted to feel good. And then it, it Zach kind of lost his rhythm in that space. He did. He lost his rhythm. I think that Zach and Vooch play a really interesting like two-man game. And I get it. Like before they brought in DeMar, you were watching that thing kind of grow. And I think their games match up really well together. 
But there are those nights when Vooch doesn't quite have it from the perimeter mm. and isn't necessarily doing a great job of, of diving to the basket. Then there are other nights when they don't get him the ball in the post when he's got it going. Like there, There's a lot of stuff that, that, that they've got so many like mismatched parts on, on the Bulls. And when DeMar's not there, because of his ability to score, it changes floor geometry. And without him on the floor, you've got to make you've got to make concessions. And my whole thing is, if Zach wants to be the man, I'm cool with it while Demar is out. But then do the thing, and he made a huge shot to to tie that game at 97. He played as well as one can play offensively with 38 points in that game. But at the end, when you're talking about, I, I was talking to this dude on Twitter about it. This guy's like, oh, well, you know, he's young. I'm like, no, he's not. No, 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 no. He's been with the Bulls for six years, and he's a a, a nine year veteran. Like, let's like let's. Let, I get that he still looks young because you know, black don't crack. <laughs> but, 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 come on! Like the, the excuse of this isn't a rookie. This isn't a second year player. This is a a grizzled veteran. This is a guy who has played most NBA players' careers nine years. Like he, so I just feel like because because his contract doesn't to me it, it doesn't verify him as a max player. It's just the contract that he got. He's a he's really talented, really fun. When his knees are in good shape, he's a high flyer, one of the more dangerous athletic players in the league. But. There's always been something about his game that's been lacking. And I think last night you saw what it was. It's it's not athleticism. It's it's not shot making cuz he can do all that stuff. It's he doesn't absorb the game and he he doesn't feel it in a way that guys that close games out do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think at the very end it would have been cool to see him take over the game the way he did in the first half. Have that same mentality. Like, team's on my back. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get us a win. And I felt like that just didn't show up in, in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score, talking to Lawrence Holmes. There was another guy that, that really st- stood out and has been for the last couple of weeks in Kobe White. And, Lawrence, this here's the, the other issue, is because you're my, you're my therapist today. Like, do we – is he finally who we – we thought he'd be because he's playing Maybe. some good ball, right? Or, or is there a, still another level for Kobe White? Like, no, or is this I, it? I don't, I don't know if there's another level. But if he can stay, if his game stays where it's at, he he becomes a very dangerous weapon off the bench. And I think most people were trying to figure that out. Like that first year, like, well, wait, is he a point guard or is he a, a, a two? Is he a guy that you start or is he a guy that you bring off the bench? And I think that they figure some of it out where he's a guy that, that comes off the bench and you're asking him for offense. And I think that of of all the Bulls that are on the bench, he and Dragic understand their roles better than the rest. I think Kobe is now comfortable being the, hey, Kobe, go get yours, man. Like, it's okay. Like You don't have to worry about, about seeming selfish. Like you're you're getting twenty minutes a night or whatever it is, make those twenty minutes count. And and he he seems to be comfortable with that role. I just don't know if it's ever going to be to the point where 
it makes a, a significant difference for the group of Bulls that are in uniform right now. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's good to see it because that's what they wanted from Kobe. I mean, initially they wanted him to be the point guard. Once they realized quickly he wasn't going to be a starting point guard in the NBA, right? it was like, all right, well, we know you could put up 30. We've seen you do it in a Bulls uniform, so it's about doing that consistently, but he's added other things to him, right? The ability to get to the cup, kind of IO-esque. He saw IO doing it so much that he's like, I got to work on my handle so I can get to the cup a little bit easier. He's playing great, you know, good defense. I don't say great, but good defense. Good defense for him. For him. No, no doubt about it. Right. Don't want to take that away from him, but I just like it. I, Lo, I can't tell you how frustrating, frustrating it is to watch these Bulls games and to see each and every team in the NBA have a three-point assassin that somebody they can just give the ball to and you're just like, damn, that's going to be a three-pointer. That guy just doesn't exist for the Chicago Bulls. Well, I, I, I disagree there. I think he does exist. I think it's Zach Levine. Okay. Zach's their best three-point shooter. And I am I'm happy that he's shooting more threes. And I think eventually, if, if he wants, his game can evolve to him being a real, real threat. From behind the arc, and for a while, and until his athleticism gives out, that that skill set is a really hard thing to find in players. But he's still like that's what's so frustrating about it. If you're telling me that you've got a guy who is that that tall, that athletic, that good with the ball, and can shoot threes, you're talking about one of the more dangerous offensive weapons in the game. Like, if you're drawing up a player and he has all of those things that Zach has, you're like, oh, well, that's this guy should be one of the 10 best players in the league. Mm. The problem is, is that he doesn't do it consistently enough and it it makes him lesser than what his skills look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if you were just talking about traits, if you're just talking about, you know, draw up a player, create a player, but what's you, missing? You, but what's but what's missing then? So you said consistency, consistency, and honestly, I think basketball IQ. Okay, and and I I think that last night was another example of that, and I I know that it's a league that in, in some ways fosters egos. Like everyone wants to be the guy, and and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Zach still got to figure out the moments when he he is the guy on what to do, and in those moments where whether it's Demar or Vooch, how to make sure that you're getting the ball into the hands of the hot guy at that moment, and he struggles with that, and and I'm sure that it, it there's it probably plays tricks on him being the dude who did get the max deal and look and maybe looking at yourself differently because of what that contract is supposed to represent just figure out a way to to maximize who you are as a player he's maximized his dollars i wanted to maximize himself as a player and uh, and i felt like last night was a setback in that regard i love what you said earlier about like just because you're a max contract that i want to give you that title it's like just because you're a max contract guy doesn't mean you automatically get like a 99 in NBA right. 2K. <laughs> like, you right. Don't automatically like, like that, get that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we can see how you play. And there are moments, like you see the moment in last night's game where, I mean, that's an ice cold blooded three pointer that he Nasty. made with one second left on the shot clock. And he's capable of that. He's, he's definitely one of the better shot makers in the NBA. 
but all of it isn't together. All of it, and and you heard Billy Don like Billy Billy Donovan's post game. I don't know what you're programming for the rest of your show, but his post game last night was excellent because it was one of the first times where you could see that Billy was perturbed. Like he 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 was upset. He was upset because he knows that the last play wasn't drawn up for that. He knows what he told them in the huddle. And he kept talking about awareness and playing the type of winning basketball and making good decisions. And and you can you can see and hear the frustration when it comes to the way that this team plays. If if I were just looking at talent. And I look at the Bulls and I go, man, they got a guy like DeMar DeRozan that can make shots anywhere, mid-range, cold-blooded dude, not afraid to take the big shot. They got one of the most athletic wings in the game. He's a a really good three-point shooter, too. They have a center that can step out and make threes at 30%, which needs to be higher, but but is athletic enough to play high-screen role. They have a, a veteran point guard that knows how to run an offense. They've got pieces. And then you look up and you go, oh, yeah, they also have this freak athlete who's six foot nine and still hasn't figured out that he's a freak athlete who's six foot nine. Yeah. And, and wa- watching Patrick Williams play, I, I want him to succeed so badly because he, he's another one. Like, it looks like he's got all the tools. And then you, I, you know what I wonder about Patrick Williams? I wonder, I feel like Patrick Williams is that dude that we all knew that shot up in height early on and people were like, killing. you should play basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, all right, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to play basketball. But doesn't really love it. it like That's the vibe that, that I get from him. You, you see a smile here and there, but there is that 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 the tenacity, the – because sometimes we like, you know, the yelling and the pound, the Joe Kim Noah pounding on the chest. Like sometimes we expect that from our guys that are that big, but we don't. We don't get that from a Pat Will. I wish, definitely wish. But we but could. like like think like think about it. Like think of some of the other guys. And I, I mean, I know that Pat Will is like a a really decent dude. And I'm trying not to like I don't I'm not I don't want to act like I'm just dogging him out. I I look at Io. I know that Io loves to ball. Dog. Right. You know what I'm saying. Like, he might not be the best guy on the floor, but I know that he loves to ball. I look at Kobe White. I know he loves to yeah. ball. I look at DeMar. I know he – and even Caruso, Bruce. yeah, just – Right. Yeah. Like, these are dudes – and with Patrick Williams, it's like, <laughs> you're just really good at this, and so you do it. And it's going to make you a lot of money, and that's cool. It just feels like I'm watching a guy kind of like – go through the motions sometimes and 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 I really wish that I, I wish that he would f- that he felt comfortable enough to be like yeah I know DeMar and Zach are on this team but I'm gonna get mine that's why I thought he would be he would he would, was gonna make a bigger impact yesterday because I said to myself okay then I felt like a lot of the role players on the Bulls felt a certain type of way when they would shoot because they were taking a possession away from either DeMar, Zach, or Vooch. And so it felt kind of weird. But now that DeMar's not there, it's like, oh, okay, there's a couple extra shots to go around. And I feel comfortable taking this because no one's going to look at me crazy. But that that, that wasn't necessarily uh, the case yesterday. Lawrence, I, got, I, I know that we got our time short here. 
And now I'm mad that we didn't get a chance to. I wanted to talk about Taj Gibson. I love him so much. Yesterday, just seeing him, I'm just like, why do I love you so much as a human being, Taj? The other one was why there was no passing of the torch, or has there not been any sort of passing of the torch, which could have gone on for a couple of other minutes. But I'm going to spend the last couple uh, asking you uh, a personal question. Today, I got Tyler Ferengul doing his first producing ever on 670 The Score. And, you know, obviously you your, your history goes back uh, with this station. So I, I wanted uh, to ask you about your first time producing a show, what you felt, who it was, and maybe a, like a tip you can give Tyler or some words of encouragement. Well, back in those days, because of the way the, the score was set up, ordinarily a producer would not get an opportunity to produce a show at night, um, <laughs> not during the week. Uh, you, you had to start on weekends, brother. Like you had to, you had to work your way up. So, um, that's how I started. Like I started as a, I came in cause I was a producer at WMAQ, which strangely enough was the 670 signal back then when they were all news and they had a, a sports show back in the day called the sports huddle that I produced, uh, when I was like 19, 20 years old. So when I got to the score, you know, you still have to earn your stripes and you end up doing weekend shows the best advice is i think for producers is understand that your name is on the show too Mm. you're not just there to push buttons you're there to create something now the power dynamic in radio is different than it is in television when i'm on tv my producers are in charge. Like they're telling me where we're going next. You have to follow along with the producer and the director radio sports radio in particular is a little bit different where usually the, the host has more power and sometimes an outsized amount of power. So producers feel like they can't produce it. And Mm. I, I, my advice is produce the hell out of a show. Like what would you want to hear? What are the things that you think are important? What's a piece of sound that you want to bring to the show? Like, what's it? What's a topic that you want your host to get into? Why do you want your host to talk about that? What's it? Think about what you would do if you had the microphone, and what you would be talking about. That's the way to go about producing a show. Now, a good host is going to walk in with their ideas, and especially solo hosts are probably going to have, for a four-hour show, five or six hours of content, <laughs> right, right, right? Right, right, right. Like, you have to do I that. Have pages but, right here. <laughs> but to me, if, if one of the fastest ways, in my opinion, to get to the next level of your career producing sports radio is by being seen and being vocal. And knowing that if, if Tyler's producing the show, then I know that as a producer, I'm walking in with my ideas and he's going to hit me with a couple of ideas that I can then take to the air. And maybe maybe we don't do everything that you suggest, but maybe you you bring something to me as a host that sparks an idea and then I can take it from there hmm. or we as a, as a show can take it from there. So I always felt with the host that I worked with when I was starting out as a producer, and sometimes it would end up being a fight, you know, um, I always felt like I could make my voice heard on these subjects, like whether it was Les Grobstein or 
Dan Bernstein, like I, I used to produce Bernstein's Sunday morning show. <laughs> That's crazy. When I started out at the score. And I always felt like I could come to Dan and be like, all right, Dan, we should do this, 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 and this today. And some of the ideas he'd take and some of them he wouldn't. But he never walked into a show unprepared. And the producer is the last line of defense in that regard. You shouldn't want your name attached to a show that doesn't sound good. So your is incumbent upon you to make the show sound good. You might not be a, a sound genius like Chris Tannehill is, for example. But that's okay. You can still come to the table with ideas. Like like my my guys do, Mike Rankin and Ray, they've got ideas. Like they have notebooks of stuff. Because, you know, Dan and I would be like, oh, let's talk about this, 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 and this. They have like, hey, what about this? I heard this. I saw this. What do you think of this? That's the way that it should be approached. You should be bringing ideas out. Because you're probably going to be heard on the air. And your name is going to be set on the air. Why would you want your name associated with trash? It's beautiful, man. That's some gems right there. Tyler's just shaking his head. I think he's crying in the back, too. Uh, so that, that was some great stuff, Lawrence. And I think you're absolutely right, man. Building blocks. That's what everything's about. Making ideas better. Not everything's just like a final thought majority of the time, especially when you're working in a collaborative environment like we are yeah. all the time. So No doubt. No doubt. It's supposed to be, and radio is supposed to be fun. Like, what we do is supposed to be fun. There are times that we can be serious and we can have a, a very strong opinion about things. But it's supposed to be a good time. Like the, the people that are listening to you right now, they're they're driving or they're working a third shift. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. they're getting ready to go work. Like entertain them. And and the the producers producers have to take ownership. Up oh, oh of wait. Shows. Oh, oh, he's taking ownership right now. Telling me to shut up. Telling me to wrap I, it up because it's right. 44. He's 100 percent right. <laughs> All right. Lawrence, thanks for hanging out with me, man. I, I appreciate you uh holding true to your word and jumping on. All right, Gabe, anytime, man. I'll talk to you soon. Of course. Lawrence Holmes, make sure you check him out. 10 to 2 right here on 670, the score, along with uh, Dan Bernstein. And on Wednesdays, of course, Layla Rahimi. All right, we got to get to the break. During that uh, this commercial break, uh, I'm going to put the new producer, Tyler, to the test, see if you can grab that Billy Donovan audio so we can get you guys to hear how upset he actually was. I will play that for you next. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. It's a mentality we have to have. I think that's what we've got to develop is this kind of mentality in these situations. Okay, coming out of the third quarter, let's try to make them call the first time out. Let's get some stops. Let's not foul. Let's not have breakdowns. Let's not do things that are going to beat ourselves. What's the things that are going to beat ourselves? Turning the ball over, giving up second chance points, bad possessions on offense, and and, and fouling. You know, there's things that, you know, you got to do. And, you know, I called, I think, a quick timeout there and, you know, made a substitution. And and I, I would say this in fairness to the guys in that quarter. I think one of the things I felt this way, again, you know, I'm not, no one said this to me. This is just my opinion. We're back with the Gabe Ramirez Show on 670 The Score. That was Billy Donovan talking about just what needs to be fixed on this Bulls roster. Great job by Tyler Farron Goal finding the audio during the commercial break. He did sound kind of heated. Can't take anything away from him. I mean, it was a frustrating game. I mean, not only because the final play wasn't executed to perfection, but the fact that the Bulls had a significant lead in that game. We're playing extremely well. And for one reason or another, things just kind of unraveled in the third quarter. We'll get to hear from Casey Johnson and him talk about, and he, uh, he'll he talk about those issues that the Bulls had. 
But first, uh, Piers, Billy Donovan himself talking about the last play where Zach Levine uh, thought he was fouled and tried to go for the continuation shot. Obviously, we were down by three. It was, it was a play to get a three, but they also had a foul to give. So I don't know if he thought maybe he could kind of bring the ball through, maybe try to draw something. Um, like I said, they had a foul to give. They were up three. There's a, maybe a decent likelihood that they would try to foul, but I, I didn't talk to Zach after it, so I don't know what it was. But we were certainly trying to go for a three, but we also wanted them to know that they, they had a foul to give too. Tough. And that's why he thought that they were going to give a foul. And if you watch that play back, Bulls fans, if you go back and watch that play, the defender in that moment points to points to Zach Levine and lets the ref know, like, hey, I fouled him on the ground. Like, he's, he's telling the ref in that moment that the continuation shouldn't be allowed. Little did he know there was no call at all. Like, go back and watch that. So not only did Zach think he got fouled, the defender looked at the referee like, hey, I fouled him, but it was on the ground, on the floor. It wasn't in the shooting motion. Tough. Um, Casey Johnson uh, talked about how odd that last play was. That was a crazy one. I know Zach did give a plausible explanation, which we'll get into in a little bit, but what I wanted to share first was the number of texts I received as I was walking from my seat to the media room what in the absolute hell was probably the tamest. There was uh, several other profanities used. I mean, it was just a head-scratching play. Until you heard Zach explain it, it does make some sense. Uh, and I do think that the last two-minute report is going to justify what Zach said, which I'm sure if you're both saying and listening to this, you already know. Uh, he thought he was fouled by DeLon Wright uh, on his you know, attempt to start to gather on a pull-up three. Uh, once he felt he was fouled, he took a step back, uh, another jump stop, and one more dribble to try to pull into a hopefully an and one. Um, and you can see DeLon Wright motioning to the lead official, Rodney Mott. That's what I said. That the, 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 the intentional foul he was trying to take was on the floor. He's pointing to the floor uh, to make it because the Wizards had a foul to give. And then Zach points back to the official. No whistle came. So I do believe we're going to see another last-minute oh. last report that is uh, painful for the Bulls. But nevertheless, um, it's, it was a, it was an odd play to be sure. Casey Johnson uh, talking to Mullion Hall right there about that final play. And as I mentioned, uh, Dillon Wright was sitting there saying, hey, I fouled the guy. But there were a couple other things, again, that I felt like just wrapping this conversation up about the Bulls. I mean, because we can point to the final play, and you can kind of say WTF to Zach you know, and what was going on there. But there were other things. Bulls couldn't get the lead under three until Zach hit that three-pointer at the very end with one second. I mean, the Bulls could not get that thing under three. I felt like what felt like the entire fourth quarter. And then no free throws. Like, get to the basket. Stop shooting outside. Wizards only had one team foul with three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Nine minutes passed, and you were only fouled once. Got to be aggressive. Got to get to the rack. Got to shoot free throws. Give yourself an opportunity to get some easy points so that you can take that game. But, hey, Bulls will have another opportunity uh, to bounce back from this one. Of course, uh, it'll be here on 670 The Score Friday uh, versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, We'll see what the Bulls can bounce back in that one. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Uh, When we come back, one team in particular has already somewhat shown their hand in uh, the Indianapolis Colts saying, hey, man, Essentially, he'd move heaven and earth to get that first pick. Well, 
we get the opportunity to talk to a beat writer for the Indianapolis Colts and Chicagoan. J.J. Stankovic is going to join us after this. Uh, so I wonder what he's going to say. How many draft picks does he feel like they're going to give up, if any at all, to the Chicago Bears? Uh, we'll get those answers after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 